Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about the job market and some of the things that kind of tick me off when it comes to the job market and looking for a job. Some of the things that I've dealt with in my professional career before I became a stay-at-home dad and some of the things that I've dealt with looking for a job afterwards. I want to talk about some of that stuff because I've been seeing a lot of help-wanted signs all over the place and people saying, uh, you know, I can't find a job, I can't get hired anywhere. I've got kids struggle that struggle looking for employment, and I, I, I told my my oldest son, I said, look, you know, I think you're probably filling out those applications wrong or something, you know. Right. And he's like, no, I'm checking the wrong box. Right, I'm doing it right. And so I wanted to talk today about looking for jobs and employment and stuff, and how difficult it can be sometimes, and um, just some of the bureaucracy that comes with hiring and, and firing and getting people in the door, training them and stuff like that. Because sometimes I, I do get sometimes it takes a while to train people, so they don't want to spend the money to train them if they're not going to stay. So that's one of the issues that employers come across when employ and when hiring employees. Well, and also too, like if you're hiring a lot, like your current employees get burnout. From training as well oh so. yeah not only do they get burnout from training but they they feel like it's a revolving door mm-hmm. coming in and, and they're they like have why to pick waste up, our time yeah. right they're having to pick up the slack from uh, untrained employees or not having anybody there to help them anyway you know um like there's some jobs that requires like three people because you know the the hiring and firing process takes so long you know, they may be a two-person job for a while, and then they get that third person in, and that third person doesn't like to work, or they're not as fast as the others, and so they kind of pick at each other, and oh, yeah. then it becomes a disaster. And I wanted to talk about that today, because, you know, in your job, in your in your day job, you do some hiring and, and firing, and you're on the human resources side, and you also handle a little bit of training as well. And I, I wanted to kind of talk to you and and tell everybody about some of my experiences and have you tell them about some of your experiences. So let's get into it. Um, right. You know, you know the, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says that there right now there is 9 million open jobs, right? And there's 6.1 million unemployed people actively looking for unemployment or actively looking for employment. Now there's more open jobs than there are unemployed people. If we filled all of our jobs with, you know, those people looking for, you know, looking for employment, if we filled all those jobs with those people, we'd still have 3 million jobs left over and approximately 30% or so of the active labor force is currently looking for a new job. So some of those people are looking for employment. Some of those people inside of the workforce are already looking for yeah. employment elsewhere. Yeah. So I think it should be a lot easier to find employment these days than it is. Mm-hmm. I have just messing around. I've applied for a few jobs to, you know, that I've, I've wanted to work at these places, obviously, or I wouldn't have put in the application. But like some of the places here in town that I've wanted to work for, I put in those applications, never hear anything back. Yeah. And I was reading an article a couple of days ago. Um, I believe it was Unilad. Um, 
they're not really a source of news or anything, but they have some interesting stories sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy on there. He filled out like 500 applications and didn't hear anything back from anybody. And he was extremely qualified, you know. And so that got me to thinking, that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. When I was looking for a job, we, I fill out application after application after application, never get a phone call. Then there was a period of like nine months. I'd put in like 10 to 12 applications a day and not hear anything back. Well, and that happened to me, you know, 15, 16 years ago before I got my current and that was Job. before any employment crises were happening yeah, or anything like that. for six months. I mean, I filled out applications every day, and I never heard a phone call from a single one. And it wasn't like I was unemployable. Like, right. I had had the previous jobs I had, I had for a long period of time. I didn't call in. Like, I had good references. Right. You know, but didn't hear anything from anybody. And so I, I kind of took that. You know, I, when I did get... Um, when I did get interviews, because like uh, there was, I, I'd probably filled out like 500 applications. When I did get interviews, I, I'm after nine months of looking for a job in 2014, I put in several applications daily. And after nine months, I only got like five interviews out of that whole time. Yeah, and you got to think about how many other people applied for that one right. job opening. When I didn't get those jobs, I did kind of take it personal because those are the type of jobs that I was qualified for. I had experience for. I was great at those jobs. Like uh, I had, there was a delivery job, you know, delivering, uh, uh, delivering to gas stations. I went to the interview and the guy seemed like he was going to hire me, you know, and everything went well. And then I never heard, heard back from the guy. And a couple months later, they sent me an email asking me to reapply. Yeah. And that pissed me off. And I said, well, if I wasn't good enough a couple months ago, I'm not good enough now. I'm not going to jump through all these hoops to come work for you. Why don't you send in your application to me? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things like I frequently hear from people that I do interview is that, you know, I applied for this one job, had an interview, and it sounds like, you know, I was going to start. And they talked about orientation and uniforms and they're like it's been three weeks and I haven't heard a single thing. Yeah, from one that of employer. our one of our children went to an interview and they pretty much told him he was hired, and he never heard anything back from from him. And then he called them and they behaved as in as if they didn't know what he was talking about, and then told him the position had been filled. Yeah, and I'm like, like you guys couldn't have told him that, you know, or or at least not led him to believe. Yeah that he was going to get the job or just be honest, be like, Hey man, we've got 500 applicants. We pulled 12 of you in for an interview and we've only got two spots. So we're going to pick out the two best candidates out of all of you. And we're going to give them the job Mm -hmm. and we're going to keep your application on file just in case. Why aren't people, why aren't hiring managers at most places more honest like that? I mean, I've heard, I've heard people, um, say that to me. I've heard per, I've heard hiring managers say, you know, hey, listen, you know, for this job, we've got like 700 applicants. Well, we only need five of you. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like that one uh, that one part in uh, uh, was it dazed and confused. He said 50 of you are going 25 of you ain't coming back. Yeah. Well, and even like on LinkedIn, you know, for job openings, it'll show you how many people have applied for that position. 
And just like browsing at that, like there was one position, one position that over 7,000 people had applied for. Yeah. And then you you ask yourself, how do you... So then you look at it and you're like, yeah, I'm not even going to, not even going to apply for that. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people think is like, nope, because... How am I going to be one in 7,000? You know, that's the mentality. Yeah, so. And that's kind of, it's kind of like a lottery. One out of 7,000 is going to win, you know? Yeah. And why? Why is it like that? And so you got to wonder, how do they pick one application out of 7,000? And I'll tell yeah. you how they do it, especially if it's online or on the computer. The computer does the hard work. Mm-hmm. So the computer goes through, it goes through a... a um, software that basically if there's any incorrect boxes checked it'll kick out that kick out that application and you can set certain parameters around the job that you want and let's just say this person's overqualified you know the computer will kick that out this person's underqualified the computer will kick that out for you so the 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 computer will give you you know, all your applications and then you just click a button to sort through them. And then at the end, you might have like, you know, 20 applications or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I know I've had people call and say like, I just applied yesterday and it already told me, you know, that I wasn't selected. Right. And I was like, well, it's because you filled out something incorrectly on your application, like go back through it, reapply. Or there was a disqualifying uh, a, dis- a disqualifying, uh, I, I don't know how to say it, disqualifying uh, answer or yeah. something like that that you had given. Yeah, like if you mark like you have a felony that, or you're right, not, that, you're that not that a certain you, age or something like that. That makes you yeah. not a, a good candidate for the job yeah. anyway. Yeah. So Depending on what that job is and what you have to have to work absolutely. Absolutely. Like a licensure or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, like I have I have my CDL, you know, mm-hmm. so then that... Uh, some jobs you have to have a CDL just to to operate a piece of machinery from, and it, it as long as as long as you're not uh, uh, let's just say it like a backhoe, uh, you have to drive it from one area to the other across the road. Yeah. You, you should be licensed for that. Well, and you have some jobs that you need like a chauffeur's license. Yes, even though maybe you may not be driving that vehicle, but you work within that. Um, building or whatever, everybody in that building has to have a chauffeur's license for like job rotation. Right. You know? and even so, if you don't have any even passengers. Even if you're just going to sit at a desk or and you're taking that, work on a line. Even if you don't have any passengers, you're taking that bus up to get the, get its oil changed. Yeah. You got to be licensed to drive it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get there. There's some jobs that you do have to be qualified for. You do have to meet the qualifications for. But in my experience, I've, I've been that qualified candidate. And there's, I don't know how I didn't get the jobs, you know, especially like, you know, especially during a moment of uh, hiring crises, Mm -hmm. you know, where there's too many jobs, not enough people. And I I hear and see a lot of people saying, you know, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to do this. Well, you never talked to me. I came into your shop and applied and didn't get the job. And, you know, I've gotten emails from people I've applied to in the past. And, and one, one specific one stands out to me. It was a company that it, it was a company that I was, I was really pissed off that I didn't get the job because it was a remote job working on at, from home selling, you know, a product 
that was really like pretty much sold itself. And it was for a, it was for a big company. It wasn't, it wasn't like a fly by night, you know, kind of deal. I don't want to shout out the company because I do know people who work there currently not selling stuff on the phone, but, uh, this job would have been perfect for me, you know? And because I didn't have what they consider the proper experience, I didn't get the job. Oh, don't even get me started on experience. <laughs> and then they sent me an email two months later asking me to reapply for the job. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to work for a company that, cause they made me feel like I was going to get the job too, you know? And it was just some lady that interviewed me and like, it was a zoom interview. It was some lady that interviewed me. She was really nice. And she made me feel like I was part of the team already she made me feel like I answered all the questions correctly. But when it comes down to it, I just wasn't selected. And there was other people ahead of me and they got the job. And I, I do understand that, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to be your court jester and, and do my dance for you so that you can maybe hire me. And that's why I'm not in the workforce now is because I'm an asshole. I, I don't. Well, and I hate the. Um, the second interview pro process, like, I do you I want, don't like do you that. Wanna, do you want an employee or not? Do you want, are you hiring? No, because I'm telling you <laughs> what, like, if you called me in for a second interview, I would be pissed off if I didn't get that job. Like, I would be livid. Maybe not pissed off, but upset. I would take it personally. Like, you know, if they treated me right, it, 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 there's, there's a, there is a way that I would do it and not be upset. If... Let's just say I was in a pool of like 10 candidates and they pulled us all in for that second interview and they're trying to whittle it down to one or two people, right? And they were honest about it. And they said, look, 10 of you are coming in. Nine of you ain't coming back. No, <laughs> but I'm just, I, you know what I mean? If they were honest about it and they came in for the second interview and be like, look, there's 10 of you. We only need one. All of you are, are extremely qualified candidates, but we're going to pick the best one and we're going to roll with that. And then we're going to keep all you guys on file just in case. And then if something happens down the road, we'll pull your application, give you another second interview and not start the process all over again. Yeah. Or say, you know, say you interviewed it one time and it was a week ago and then maybe leadership changed or something. And right. And you had to come in. That I get. But just coming in for a second interview, like... Why, why couldn't you ask me these questions the first time? Or or uh, you could email me those questions <laughs> yeah. and I'll send you back an answer. Yeah. You know, or yeah. and that's another thing, you know, like, why is everything done? Like, there's a lot of stuff done over the phone that could be shot through an email, you know, mm -hmm. like they, they, they have to have your email address on the application anyway, you know, and um, there's these phone calls that it's kind of like a trial interview on the phone call or pre-screen or pre whatever. yeah. And uh, you can ask those questions. Like if once you select that applicant, you demand them to give your email yeah. or make that a requirement <laughs> and shoot them a second set of questions and, and see if they qualify for an interview instead of um, or maybe a, a, a conversation doesn't hurt in, in your in your line of work. Uh, I mean, on the other side of looking for the job, it might be kind of aggravating, but it might be helpful for you guys to actually speak to them. Instead of uh, shooting an email for, for them to answer. Well, and that's what I do sometimes, especially like if you have applicants that applied three, four months ago. I'm calling them saying, you know, do you have sorry, a job? 
yeah. that it's been so long, but I'm just calling to see if you're still interested in the position you applied for. Right. And and I get I mean, most of them are, but there I, are I, some that's like, that's pretty upset and like, no, I needed a job four yesterday. months ago. Yeah. yeah. So. I, and I do get like the big giant companies that are, are hiring a lot at once and then you know, they don't get back to you or you get that denial letter or I, I understand all that. I, I do understand that you got 500 applicants and you only need a couple people, but it's just like the, the I, I don't know how to, how a person fills out 500 applications and never gets a, a, a call back, yeah. especially in a town this size, you know, there's only 75,000 people that live here. Now we do have a larger metro area. Like there's a lot of small towns around us mm -hmm. and the, a lot of those people commute here for work, yeah. but we have a lot of massive employers here. We have a lot of factories here and I want to, I want to get in. I'm going to talk about that later on today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to record finally, I'm going to record with my brother today, hopefully knock on wood. I want to talk about manufacturing and stuff like that and, and jobs and made in America and stuff. Well, but, and you know, I think part of the problem is, is too, like there are a lot of positions and jobs available here where we're at, but they're not at the pay people want. And so that's too damn bad. You know, me, like when I was job searching 16 years ago, I didn't care what the pay was. I just needed a job. So I oh, applied for like, everything because it was better than no income. Like I had like, nothing. Right. So yeah. Something is always better than I nothing. I took a job for eight seventy one an hour 16 years ago. Well, that's like now. Right now, if I went out, I could go work anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. I could go work and get a, a nice wage, what I would consider a nice wage at a mm -hmm. gas station. Yeah. That's so awesome now. And, and I tell you what, I don't need you know, 20 bucks an hour at a gas station. I don't need it. But these days, like I would absolutely go work at a gas station for what they're paying now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with what they're paying, but they're not paying anything like, you know, you got your factory pay. It's, yeah. it's over 20 bucks an hour now. You know, when I was working, I was hot shit making 18 bucks an hour. Yeah. Remember? He was rolling in the Remember? Dough. Like, I, I remember when I got that raise, I'm like, making 18 bucks an hour. You know, I mean, it wasn't it, like, obviously, union labor was making more than I was, mm -hmm. obviously. But I didn't have to pay anybody out of my checks. Yeah. And my insurance was low, and my checks were over a thousand bucks, you know, because I'd put in a lot of overtime, you know? Still, to me, that was a lot of money. Nowadays, I can go to a gas station and get a job for like 14 bucks an hour. And I'm like, it's not a whole lot of money, but it's just a gas station. You don't have to know anything to work there. Yeah. You know, I don't need any experience. Right. Not, not any experience. I don't need to have any special licenses. I don't have to use any of the skills that I've gained over the years. And I, I and I am a skilled worker. I do have a lot of knowledge and skills and I've got a lot of life. I've got licenses and certifications and stuff like that, that would help out pretty much in any factory setting or construction setting. And which is why it's so perplexing why people treated me like I was dumb at my my longest job I ever had. People treated me like I was dumb there. I just made them, you know, they're going to think that I'm, I'm going to let them believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't do anything to fix that. But 
you know, and now some of those people see me nowadays and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm, I'm actually holding a conversation with them. They're like, what the hell happened to that guy? It was, uh, I took a long weekend in the woods, (laughs) did a lot of thinking and decided I'm not going to go back to work. A lot easier ways to make money nowadays than, than to slave away for somebody that's not going to treat you right. Well, and even after you left that job, like you had people, you know, seeking you out because you had a particular set of skills that they... You make it sound like uh, that movie Taken with Liam Neeson. I've got a particular set of skills, which I do. I'm I'm extremely skilled, but now they have... It's actually kind of weird because they have machines now that can do the job that I was doing and they can do it better than I was doing it. And so I thought it was really neat because a buddy of mine helped design those machines. And it was, it was, he put us out of a job, but, but now to look, drive by those machines and be like, look, I had something to do with that. You know, that's really neat. And it's not really, you don't have to be a specialty kind of person to do it anymore. And Oh, I, I see that when I s- go by one and there's somebody just sitting there playing on their phone. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> basically what I did, you know, for X amount of years because it's, it, okay, so I was, a, I used a, or I operated a horizontal directional drill for a number of years and it was, it was drilling through rock pretty much. And depending on the conditions, it could take an hour and a half to go 10 feet, you know, so Sometimes, you know, depending on how hard the conditions were that you were in. Especially or, when there's pine trees. Oh, yeah. Right? When, yeah. When there's those, those <laughs> not pine trees, it's uh, evergreens. Oh, yeah. Any evergreens. type of evergreen tree, there's a lot of rock in the ground. So I would operate those, and sometimes it t- took forever to do my job. So sometimes, you know, pull out the phone or whatever. But we weren't, um, um, it, it came, there came a time where we weren't allowed to do that anymore because there was people that abused it. Yeah. So thank you to those people. Yeah. I, I may have That's been still one. an issue in <laughs> <laughs> other jobs. So, but no, I, I loved that job. It just, I didn't like the way I was treated for for part of it but i make great money and that's what the thing is nowadays is it doesn't really matter where you're going uh the minimum wage here where we live is 12 dollars an hour and the federal minimum wage is 725 an hour i don't know anybody that can live off that but that's what the or is it 750 an hour it's something like that yeah it's in that seven dollar range it's below eight bucks an hour and i don't know anywhere in this country that you can live for eight bucks an hour i mean you know where we live is it's extremely cheap you know it's it's cheaper than the national average to live here it's like i think it's like nine percent cheaper to live here something like that but uh we don't live in a in a highfalutin area either it's not housing what's that word falutin i don't know i just i heard it one time actually i used to hear it a lot when i was a kid highfalutin kind of means uh uh high on the hog or you know like a high class joint you know um we don't live we live in uh we don't need this isn't even upper middle class you know our our neighborhood it's kind of like this is kind of where people live when they get their first homes you know this is a starter home neighborhood you know so it is middle class but it's working class a lot of a lot of working people in our neighborhood veterans we have a lot of veterans in our neighborhood uh, yeah we do we got a few cops in our neighborhood so i mean you know 
It's it's nice, but it's not it it's not lifestyles the rich and famous nice. No. But you still need more than eight bucks an hour to live here. Uh, I don't think we can make it on on Especially one income. Especially all these houses around here on gas. Yes, yes. Like we don't have a gas hookup, but I mean, you know, if we did, it probably wouldn't be that much. Yeah. Because everything's electric here. But anyway. Um, it's not, it, it, uh, in this neighborhood, you couldn't live for 15 bucks an hour. One single income, 15 bucks an hour couldn't do it. No. But the majority of our income you bring in. And so if I was working at a gas station for like 15 bucks an hour, it'd be gravy, you know? Maybe living high on the hog. Absolutely. <laughs> I could do that. And, mm. and that's what's so surprising nowadays is like, when I was looking for employment, I couldn't find un- I couldn't find employment, and it took forever. And then when I did find employment, it was questionable pay, questionable, you know, labor. You know, I, all I needed was somebody to take a chance on me. I'm a good employee, you know. Make I, I, you you work with me. Mm-hmm. Like, would you hire me? Yeah. You know, after knowing what I could do and how my skills were and how especially with my people skills. I don't work around people when I'm with you, but every now and then I get stopped and I get in a conversation, you know, and I can talk to anybody about anything. I can talk to, let's say it's, it's the, the lowest person on the rungs, you know, they're having a terrible day. I sit and help them out and say, Hey, you know, I'd smile with them and joke with them, have hopefully make their day a little better. Or I could talk to the president of the company doesn't matter to me. You know? Well, and like speaking of that, so, you know, I like to tell people like, I can teach you a skill, but I can't teach you personality. You know, I like that. So when I want to hire somebody, that's what I look for. I look for like, what kind of personality does this person have? Can this person interact with other people, certain population and this certain population right. of people that they're going to encounter? And their day-to-day activities because you know people like using you know proper language and having manners and and talking people in a way talking to people in a way that they're going to understand what you're saying right um i can't i can't teach that but i can teach a skill to people you know so think about that when you're going to interview for a job like it's not to me, it's not about the skill. It's about your personality. Now, you don't want to get me on a soapbox about experience, about how if you apply for this job, you have to have experience. But how are you going to get experience let's get if into you don't that. get a chance? Hey, let's get into it. I'm gonna, I want to get you started <laughs> on that because we've ran into that issue with one of our children. Yeah. Uh, well, that just, just so happens to be the same child I was talking about earlier. <laughs> he had applied for a an employer um it's a local company, but they're not, uh, it's a, I think it's a Japanese company to be honest yeah. with you, but they're, they've been local for forever. And he went to this company, put it in his application, got an interview and I, they were straight up honest with him. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, we can't hire you. You don't have enough experience. Go get six months experience, come back and we will hire you. Where the hell is he supposed to get the six months experience? Because this place is the only place that does what it does within an hour's distance from here. Yeah. And those other places aren't going to hire him either. Well, and it's just like, you know, you go to college and you go to college for this particular 
profession and then nobody wants to hire you because you don't have experience. Yeah. So yeah. what are we doing? What, what are we is doing? the point in going to the, getting the education? Because by the time I find a job in the education field that I chose, I'm unemployable. Yeah. And so now I got to start down here. Right. right? After, you know, I went to college. Which and which is expected anyway. You cost should me all this start. money, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take this job down here, making eight bucks an hour, to try to get this job up here, making thirty bucks an hour. It's gonna take me five, six, seven years to get, but I just went to school for four years. Right. You know, like it just doesn't make. Any We've sense. actually you've actually ran into that issue, um, where you were not necessarily. Uh, you weren't the applicant, but you've ran into that issue where you've run into applicants that are extremely overqualified. Yeah, but they and, just can't find a job. Right. And and then you hate to be that one to be like, I can't hire you either. You know, you hate to be that person. But then you see like extremely overqualified candidates and then you, go, you talk to them. And what do they say? They say every job I come across, they tell me I'm under or I'm overqualified. Don't don't tell them those qualifications, man. You know you know your resume and your application. You don't have to put everything on yeah. there, and there's no way for them to go and check. There's no like unless they work for the damn IRS. There's no way they can go and find yeah, out your because most employers aren't gonna go back and check like unless they're like a small mom and pop type place. Like most like corporations organizations aren't gonna go back and check as a matter of fact, nobody's gonna go call arby's and see if you know john smith worked there in 2005 yeah the, and they might <laughs> but they're not gonna get an answer because the people at arby's are really busy and they're gonna answer the phone and be like what who i don't know who you're talking about but i gotta go yeah well and i think legally too they can only tell you like yes they did work this state to the state they can't tell you which like is, why they got separated or why they left or... i mean i do understand it and i've had to explain that to a couple people like look your your past employer like i know you don't want to put that on there because you were terminated or whatever but you can like they mm -hmm. can't call they can't call your new employer and like tell them all this bad stuff about yeah. you that's illegal is and even if you did do all that stuff that they want to tell the other employer they cannot tell them yeah. They can't tell them anything bad. Like, I mean, they can tell them why you were terminated, you know, and some of your, there's, there's a lot of questions they can ask and get answered there. There is, but there's a lot of questions that would prevent you from getting a job. They, they can't tell them. Yeah, I think some of those questions that, that, that they can't ask is like, how well did this person work with others? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, were they punctual? Right. Like, and so, that sort of thing. They and can't. so when you put that on the application, you know, most Im prospective employers are just going to call and verify employment. They're yeah. not going to ask any other questions. But uh, I, I don't even actually, I've, I've, I've never ran into a job that actually did that. Yeah, like I've had somebody that used to work for me, use me as a, ask if they could use me for a reference for oh, yeah. another job at a factory here in town. And they did call me and she did ask me like, three questions you know right, and one of yeah. those was how well do they work with others did this person work for you this date to this date um and then there was like one other question but it wasn't they weren't actually calling my place of employment to talk to me they were calling my personal phone because that person used me 
as, as a, a reference. reference. Yeah, personal reference. So. And that's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. There is a, a huge difference between a personal reference and a professional reference. Don't be writing personal references on your applications unless they ask for personal references. Yeah, I've never had anybody put me down that didn't ask my permission. Like on the on the job, of. like on the job applications, even the paper ones. You know, you used to have to write out references, even on the paper ones. They're not asking for personal references. They're you're not renting a couch or something. They're asking you for professional references, like people that you've worked with, people that you worked with previously that you're now friends with, old bosses that you liked. You know, those are the type of references they're asking for. You know, they don't care who your friend Bobby down the they really don't want to talk to your best friend of twenty five no. years and find out what kind of person you are because your best friend's going to lie to them, and they know it. Yeah. So they're asking for professional references, not personal. Yeah. So I, I ran into that issue a few times, like, you know, who do I write down for references? Because I, you know, in, in the jobs that I've done, I've mostly worked alone, you know, and so I didn't really have any professional references. And then the older I got, the more, and the more I was able to use people like uh, former, um, former supervisors, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I actually had a couple of the personal phone numbers and I reach out and say, Hey, can I use you as a, per, a professional reference for, for job applications? Oh yeah, you know, go ahead. I don't think a single one of them has ever gotten a phone call, but yeah, you know, I, I listed people that I have worked with and that have experienced working with me because my friends don't know what kind of like work history I got. And, you know, it'd be like, uh, putting my buddy in a bad spot if I wasn't the candidate that they were looking for, especially if that buddy happened to work there, you know, and I gave that person a bad name, you know, that's yeah. not good, you know, so be aware of that too. You know, if you're, if you're riding on your buddy's coattails, don't sully their damn name. Don't go and use somebody as a professional reference at the place where they're working and fuck them over. Don't yeah. do that. Because then you're putting them in a position where they're going to lose their, there's a possibility they could lose their income because of you, you know? And I don't, I, I don't like that. Don't mess with my money. That's right. I've, <laughs> and, and I tell people, I, I, I've told certain people that, you know, do not, you can kick me in the head if you want to, do not mess with my money. There's two things in this world. In my world, you don't mess with. That's my family and my money. I can't replace my family, and I don't have much money. So, hey, you know, don't don't cost me a bunch of money. So, and specifically my children, my older children, I've told my oldest son that numerous times. Hey, the worst thing you could do to me is cost me money because I ain't got any, you know. And I'm, everything else we can deal with, you know, but I'm not about to go to jail because I can't afford, you know, to to pay your bill or something like that. You know, that's not going to happen. It's don't cost me money. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for employment and writing people down as references and stuff. Nine times out of ten, those employers aren't going to call those references. But in the off chance that they do... Use professional references. Try not to sully your friends' names. You know, if you know you're a shitty worker, you know, be honest with that friend. 
when you're asking them for a reference, be like, man, I don't have the greatest work history, but I want to use you as a reference. I guarantee you they're going to, they're going to either say, nah, I don't know. Or they're going to tell you no. Yeah. Like I like, you know, when people put references on applications, I was like, okay, well they took the time to do that. Like, you know, they didn't just, you know, throw this resume together and just put some information on it. Like they have references and, and that sort of thing. Like they actually take the time to put together a good resume in which my resume looks awful because I haven't worked in 10 years. And before that I had steady employment. And so it wasn't like I had a bunch of jobs, you know, I'm almost 40 and I've only had, I can count on two hands how many jobs I've had, you know, which, which, okay. One of those jobs was a temp job that I had multiple jobs. I'm thinking about going back to that because I think it'd be kind of fun. But uh, this is research. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just just for the fun of it, just one day a week, maybe, you know, I, I think it'd be kind of fun. I'll, I'll take you guys along for a ride and, you know, tell you <laughs> tell you exactly how it went. And today I worked at so and so. And yeah, well, I've had. Oh, probably four jobs since the age of 16 and I'm almost 40. Right. Um, and that's part of the problem too, is employment history. When you look at, when you look at applications, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to put that whole history on there, especially if it makes you look bad. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when people have had 10 jobs in the past Four years. Yeah, if you've like, had ten jobs in the past four years, take the five best ones. Yeah, and you can't you can't figure out why you're not getting a job and you've applied out all these places. Maybe you should you should look at what you're putting on your application. Um, you know, because even if you're, you know, if you can't put your address in the correct format on an application. Oh, yeah. The, the employer may look at that or... I've, I've heard I've heard that one, actually. You fumble up the phone numbers. Like that, I see that a lot where, you know, the area code around here is 816. Right. It'll say 861. Right. And, and that's... Know? And you, so it's like, okay, I have to figure that out. Right. You know, or I have had an ish, a, a situation where it was really the right area code. Um, <laughs> and, so, and you thought it was the wrong yeah. one. Um. And the right email address, because a lot of communication is through email, especially like if, you know, they aren't going to consider you at this time or they found another candidate. Right. Then then you're blowing up the phone saying like, I haven't got any communication from you guys. Well, you you have like everything's electronic. Check your email. You know, make sure your email address correctly are on there. Correct. And then also make sure you have an email address that is appropriate for applying for jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, maybe that's just my thing. But I look at some email addresses and I'm like, well, that baby know. girl, twenty four at yahoo.com. Like, I'm not using that as a real email, but like, right. That's the stuff I see, and I'm like, you know, like I know that I used to have an old email address. Yeah, when I like was a I've kid. had my email address for like the last. I don't know. It's been over twenty years. I've yeah. had the same email, and I have so. another email address for professional. Uh, let's not talk so. about that. I got, so on on Gmail, I got like three different emails. I got the business email, I got my personal email, and then I got some other email that somebody gave me. So yeah. and I don't use any of them really. Yeah. Like the one I use the most is a business email, and 
nothing ever comes there. So yeah, it's just you know, don't don't go through applications filling it out really fast. You yeah, need to slow down. Your, take, take your, your time. time yeah. Make sure you're doing it correctly. Double check it before you hit that submit button, because that could be what's hindering you from getting a phone call for a job. But I have noticed there's also timed applications where if yeah. you don't fill out those applications in time, they won't tell you to just kick out your application. Yeah. That's kind of stupid too. But at the same time, you know, when you're, you got one job and you got 7,000 applications, yeah. like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, what do you do in that situation? How do you sort through all that stuff by hand, you know? And, and like where you work has a department that handles that, you know, like, but a lot of places don't. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, now that everything is online, electronic, and there's not a lot of paper applications, you can't just pound the pavement going to look for a job oh, a lot anymore. That stinks, man, because I remember before I lost my job that I was at the longest, um, before I lost that job, I had, uh, I, it was paper applications. And I was able to go pound the pavement. And if if I spent 40 hours, you know, if I spent the time uh, looking for a job as I would have uh, working a full-time job, like 40 hours, and I'd be employed by the end of the week. And that's usually what my experience was. And I told my boy that. And yeah, uh, he, he, like my oldest son, it took him like six months to find a job after putting in application after application after application. And it used to be to where I could go get a paper application, fill it out, you know, and people would see my face. People would see, you know, Hey, I've seen that guy walking back and forth between here, looking for jobs, putting in application. He'd been doing that for a week now. Let's, let's pull him in here and hire him. Yeah. You know, I, it or used call, to be that call to follow up on your application. That shows initiative, you know, that you really, but interested then in again, it. it's 2024. I've ran into the issue where one of the people I told to do that ran into the issue. He was annoying people. And I didn't know what to say to that because they want people to work. They want people to show initiative and everything. And then when you do, they don't hire you because they think you're annoying or and I just told him, I was like, most places aren't like that. No. You know, this one place might, it might be assholes or something like that. But like most places, if you call over and over again, tell them you want a job, they're more likely to pull you in. And, you know, if you irritate them enough, they're more likely to pull you in for a interview because they know you're serious. They yeah. know you want a job and they know that you're actively looking. And, uh, you know, you know, one question during interviews, we, we talk about this. We, we talk about one of the questions during the interviews that I freaking hate is why do you want to work for this company or why do you want to work here? Like, do you, what difference does it make? Do you need somebody or not? Because I, I just need a freaking job. Like, especially if it's a place where you like uh, a gas station, why do you want to come work for, <laughs> Uh, what's what's a gas day? Philip sixty six. Why do you, why do you want to come work for Philip sixty six? Um, because I'd like to retire here. Then you know it's <laughs> like they're you're full of shit. Nobody wants to retire from Philip sixty six. You know what I mean? Like, what do you tell the people? Yeah. Like, why do you want to come work here? Oh, I have nothing better to do. No, I need money. I need a job. And I applied with you so I could come work and earn a paycheck. That's what I want. That's 
Well, I asked that job. I mean, I guess it's appropriate, like, in only certain situations. Like, I asked that job because if people are like, oh, you know, like, I want a foot in the door and I want to go back to school, you know, then, then, okay, then I can segue into talking about educational benefits, um, you know, and opportunities, that sort of thing. But I guess it would only be appropriate in certain situations, you know. I know people could see that. Hopefully they couldn't hear it. Um, but you know, back to online applications. So with COVID, a lot of baby boomers retired early at age 55. And you know why? It's because they couldn't find employment. And so now, well, I think it was more that they were just scared of COVID. No, I don't think so. Cause I talked to a lot of them. I talked to a lot of people, like I talked to some baby boomers and they were like, Hey, nobody will hire us. Well, they took early retirement because so if they took early retirement, oh, they were okay, working. okay, yeah. If they took, <laughs> if they took early retirement, yeah. yeah but how many people 55. lost their jobs during that whole thing because of shutdowns and stuff like yeah. that? And then how many people didn't go back to work because they didn't know how? Like, I, how many people lost their jobs during all that because sim- simply because the place shut down? Yeah. Because they lost so much money, or they went bankrupt, or. The government forced them out or, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people, a lot of boomers that lost their job during that whole thing that never went back. Yeah. Well, you know, the problem with the online applications is if you had um, this generation of workers that had worked at a place for 20, 30 years yeah. and they retired and now they're wanting to get back into the workforce. They're like, how do I navigate this online system? Right. You know? um, and then they get frustrated because they're like, I put my application in like 20 times and I don't have anything that says their name on <laughs> Like right, nothing's right. coming and, up. Uh, there's some things, some of them programs and stuff that are just unnecessarily difficult. So yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of times we have people that come in and somebody from the HR department helps them fill out the application. So, oh, that's awesome. Because even, even the required documents to get started, like uh, your tax documents, right. all that stuff is all... Electronic. Oh, yeah, it's all electronic these days. Yeah. yeah, and they send it to your email. Yeah. So, which is is it's okay for people like us that it grew up, you know? Like I'm, I had a I had a PC from 1992 onwards. I was like seven, mm-hmm. you know. So I grew up with computers. I grew up with. Now it's kind of gotten to where I'm computer half-ass computer illiterate because I've been using a cell phone for like 12 years, but. You know, now that I've got the computer back and, you know, we're using a PC for the show, having to use a laptop and navigate around, it's coming back. And it's really changed in, you know, like, what was that, 30 years ago? Yeah. It, it hasn't really changed in 30 years. Like, Windows is still the same thing. Like, we went from a Windows Vista or something to Windows 10, right? Isn't like there like an MS-DOS or, I don't know. I, I ran a computer Something off MS like DOS. That, yeah. Like it, 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 I think I played the Oregon Trail. Now we that. had we had an operating system. It was like a, we had Windows or whatever. But there was a section where you could go back into MS DOS and and actually work. And I a long time ago, you know, before I was like twelve, I could do things like that. My mom showed me, and I, I couldn't do it nowadays. If you if you asked me to, but I'm it's starting to come back. You know, I cannot I can navigate a computer now whereas when when i first got this uh pc behind you it was uh very intimidating like just turning it on i was like what the hell am i I looking at i just make you anxious by clicking 
Yeah, because you overclick. You're like, click, 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 click. And I'm like, hey, hold on a minute. It's thinking. You know, give it a second. You know, and, and I've seen, like, you remember those old mouses with the roller balls in them? Like, we don't have one of those. It's got a laser in it. And I've seen you beat on the, you know, uh, take the mouse and slap it on the on the mouse pad, you know, because it, it was slow or whatever. And I'm like, hey, it doesn't have a roller ball in it. It's laser. So, they, you know, banging, banging on the table is not actually doing anything. <laughs> so, uh you know, the, we've we've had our issues with computers and stuff, but for the most part, I mean, they haven't changed in like 30 years. Yeah. So the people that don't know how to operate computers, it's probably because they haven't taken the time to operate one in the past. And, you know, now that it, it, it is intimidating when you open them up now because there's a lot more information or, you know, the screens are brighter even. Yeah. Well, you and, know? and going back to even, you know, when we briefly talked about training, when you have a new job in training, like yeah. a lot of training now requires online yeah. training yeah. lessons too. And so or maybe not even online, but like computers. Yeah. yeah. And so the older population of employees struggle with that. And we, yeah. you know, like we've experienced like, them quitting before they even get started because they're like, mm, if I yeah, it's too frustrating. Computer yeah. At this, like, no, like I just want to work. But right. It's like I'm, I'm sorry, but this is a requirement of everybody here right. to to do this, and so, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they yeah, leave because that, of that. Yeah, I I run into that issue sometimes, like, um, depending on what the job is, um. It, it, I, I, there are some jobs where I just want to, I just want to go in and work. Mm-hmm. I just want to be left alone, go in and work. And unfortunately there are jobs out there that you, you want to do that, but you have to be a team player at the same time. And yeah. I am a team player, but I do my best work when I'm alone and don't mm-hmm. have to deal with, um, inconsistencies of other employees or, you know, like, especially working with friends. I don't like working with friends because we don't get anything done, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, a lot of the times when you're, um, you know, dealing with people on the job, the, the, the people that I get along with the best are the older people, Yeah, you know, and it's because they go to work. It's their work to work. Yeah. They go to work to work, you know, and they're no nonsense. They're, Hey, we're here to earn a paycheck just like you, Yeah, you know, and you lose a lot of good people because they don't know how to do stuff and you don't have, you know, like you have the patience to sit down with someone and help them. And how many people, how many places don't, or how many places would see that person struggling on a computer and be like, get rid of them, fire them. They're out the door. They can't operate a computer. And that's why those people get frustrated and leave. Not Number one, they don't want to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because, you know, just because you don't know how to operate a computer the most proficient way doesn't make you an idiot. Yeah. You know, I can barely operate my cell phone sometimes. When I get a new update, there's sometimes it's like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. Well, and I always make sure like during that interview process, I'm explaining that part to them. Like part of the job requirements is that you, you have 
have to be able to operate the computer. Yeah, but don't worry, we'll help you. Yeah, that's why I said, you know, we help everybody. And then also we use a device that electronic device to do oh, your job man. every day. You guys, and you guys, so, and you and your other managers at work, um, I've heard some stories about how you've helped some, uh, some people that, uh, I don't know if we can talk about this and if we can't talk about it, you can cut it out. But some people at work, the language barrier mm-hmm. and it makes me so happy because uh, these people want to work. Yeah. And we miss a lot of good opportunities for people that there is a language barrier. If you just do this little fragment of work, like right. they are great. Right. And it's not employees. anything, it's not anything that your employer told you to do. It's not anything that they do themselves. It's you and a couple buddies. Just thinking outside the box of how can I help this person be successful right. and give them the opportunities that I have. Right. You know? And it was very inspiring to see that and, and to hear you telling me about these stories. And that's why um, uh, hearing these things, it just uh, it makes me uh, proud of you and proud of the people that you work with. And because that is what this country was made of, you know, people like that, you know, we all, you don't have to, sometimes you don't have to speak the same language to get shit done. And that's the bottom line is you're, some of these folks are just regular ass people. They just don't, they don't speak the same language, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you guys figured out a way to talk to them. You guys figured out a great way to communicate. And now those people are showing other people with that language barrier. They're like, hold on a minute. I got this. And then they're showing other people. Well, and it's sparking interest in people to learn other their languages. languages. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had people come up and say like, I talked to so-and-so and like I told them because you can see that they're picking up more English. Right. And they said, well, now you're going to have to teach me your language, you know? Um, and I think that's great because it's not like, which, you know, if, you know, if they can learn English, it's like English is one of the hardest language languages to learn. learn. Yep. So, and if it's not your first language, it's very difficult to go from your first language, which is very simple, elegant. Uh, lots of times the simple ones are the most elegant, um, simple, elegant um, language to yeah. one of the most difficult languages to learn on the planet. Well, and you I'm know, just... I, th- I think Swahili might be more easy to learn than English, you know? Yeah, like I would butcher that. <laughs> but, you know, I just hope that seeing this sparks, If I just said something offensive in Swahili, I'm sorry. I, I just hope this sparks some initiative to, you know, create a more diverse... You know, well, you know, what's the word? Like the opportunities for non-English speaking right, people right. to and now you can't use DEI get a job. Diversity, equity, and yeah. inclusion. You can't use that, but you know, you don't have to use that when we're talking about like jobs such as the ones we're talking about. You know, yeah. it, uh, 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 just employment in general. Yeah. Um, with, uh, and the language barrier doesn't have to have anything to do with mm-hmm. immigration or anything. I know people have lived here their whole lives that can't speak English. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, the United States has no official language. It's not, our official language is not English. 
the United States does not have an official language for a reason. We are a country built up of immigrants. Like, I wish I knew another, like, I can speak some Spanish, but like, and a little bit of French. Not I can, much I can French. speak some elementary Spanish, yeah. But like, I wish I was fluent in another language. Because I feel like being bilingual gives you more opportunities than just being siloed to one language. I like to know what the hell everybody's saying. You know, if I'm watching a news clip of somebody speaking another language and it's dubbed in English or it's subtitled, I have this thing where I don't necessarily believe what's being told to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. that, is, is that, that really accurate? what they're right, saying? Right. Yeah. Especially with like foreign leaders. Um, um, like, uh, was we just used Xi Jinping as a, uh, a example. He's, uh, uh, well, what do you call it? Dick, he's the dictator of China. Um, they say he says president, but he's clearly a dictator, but, um, We'll use him as an example, like if he's speaking, you know, to his country, you know, and it's dubbed in English for our country by our people, our government. How do we know what the hell he's really saying? I don't know. I don't know Chinese. Right. You know, like and uh, which since, you know, the Russia, Ukraine war has been going on. I've been uh, I've been watching you know, Russian state TV and everything. So I could get a kind of sense of what they're saying. So after a couple of years of that, you kind of get it, you know, you kind of understand what they're saying. Cause it's not that different. It's not that much different from English. Um, it's Germans the same way. German's not that Sounds much different. Angry. It does. It does, but it's not <laughs> that much different from English. So like when you're listening to them speak, some of you can understand just because it sounds like English. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, oh, that is what they were saying. So I've gotten a little bit of that, but still, you don't know what the hell they're saying. You don't know if they're, you're being told the truth and that, that does bother me. So that's why I want to learn, you know, other languages. Yeah. And so I know like, are they telling me the truth (laughs) and, uh, language barriers and stuff like that? You've, you've shown a lot of people some programs and stuff. And I think you learned that from a non-English speaker, right? Um, we'll just tell everybody what it is. It's like Google Translate, right? Yeah. Well, the thing with Google Translate is I knew about Google Translate, you know, because when I was taking college Spanish, right. well, I've known I was about, using it a lot. I've known about Google um, Translate for years. I mean, like uh, you just type in something in Google at Translate 2 and then that yeah. was Google Translate. That's what I thought, but it's a whole big thing now. Yeah, like you can, you know, you can take a, open up the camera on it and go over a document in English and it'll translate it oh, in any cool. other language. I so, Yeah, you did tell me about and that. And like real I was, time, I like forgot. you just roll it down it and it. Really? Yeah. That is cool. I yeah. like that. And then like you can type it, like type whatever you're in English and then like push a button and it'll say it in Spanish. Like it won't just like translate it. It'll actually say it so you can right. say it to that person in Spanish right. and they don't have to read it. So that's neat. I, I forgot you were telling me about that the other day. That's, that is really, really cool. And I have that function to be able to do on my phone. Like anybody can do it. Yeah. And that's, Cause like I ended up downloading the app just so. I had that as a communication tool. If that, if that employee came to me, I could quickly right, pull right. it up and communicate. Well, so we've got, you know, we've got the, the border crisis down, down South in Texas there, and there's a lot of immigrants coming in. Now, the big argument here is a lot of people think that 
the right side, you know, like Texas and the, the, the 25 other states that are with Texas are wanting to stop people from coming in. That's not the case. They don't want to stop people from coming in. They want to stop people from coming in illegally. Mm -hmm. If you come in, come in the right way. That's what they're saying. And I agree with that. I, I, I agree that we need to vet every single person coming into this country, especially right now, because all the concerns with terrorism and all that stuff. Now, since we are experiencing a mass migration, okay, there's going to be a lot of people that in this country everywhere, not, not just in Texas, because in Texas, they're bussing them out to wherever they need to go, wherever these uh, immigrants want to go, like say New York, they want to go to New York. That's where they're going. They, they want to go to Kansas city. They're coming to Kansas city. They want to go to Detroit. They're going to Detroit. They want to go to California. That's where they're going. So on and so forth. Now, all, most of those people probably don't speak English. So we've got a mass migration coming in millions of people that don't speak English. So that's, that may be something important to tell everybody. Google Translate, everybody. It, it works uh, text-to-speech, uh, speech-to-text. Um, uh, like you said, you can read documents, or, or you could write down a, on a piece mm-hmm. of paper what you're trying to relay, and then, you know, yeah. f- photo, uh, you know, photo translate or whatever that's called. You could absolutely do that. And, and, and you know, let's... Remember to be nice. And yeah, we're all on this big ball of dirt together. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, so one thing really bothers me that people do is uh, let's just say you don't speak English. And I know that you don't speak English. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you in English. And I raise my voice. Oh my god! To try I to get it. you to understand what the hell I'm saying, like it still sounds foreign. Yeah, it's just loud foreign shit to you. Yeah, so it's got to make me tell a story, right? And so it reminds me of when I was younger. I had a great aunt who, unfortunately, she unfortunately she had got throat cancer, and her voice box was removed. And so, I mean. We had, she didn't like to use a thing that fits to her neck. Because, of course, it makes her sound Makes you sound like funny. this. Yeah. And so we had one of those, you know, you write on flip charts and it erases it, you know. And so um, a lot of times she would write down what she wanted to say to us or whatever. And somebody yelled back to her. Yeah. So her, it was just her voice that was affected. So I remember one time she was sitting there and she um, wrote down, Ashley, will you go like to the other room and get something and so like i was like motioning with my hands and using sign language and she looks at me i'm not deaf. and then she says i can't speak i'm not deaf and like i just thought it was the funniest thing and i was like oh yeah like i had to think about that like just because she couldn't talk didn't mean she couldn't hear right and so yeah but <laughs> that's what drives me crazy you know when people speak another language like you talking louder to them in English is not going to help them understand you. Yeah, so but stop I have it. people do that to me, um, especially the the fourteen year old in the house. Like, oh yeah, he so tells us we need he hearing comes aids. In, he comes in and starts explaining something to me, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So he'll repeat himself, and I'm like, I, I, again, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So he'll repeat himself one more time, and I'm like, <laughs> you saying it. Over and over again is not helping me understand what the hell you're talking about, you know? And so 
that's just one of those. Let's have patience with everybody, yeah. no Especially matter. Especially like I, you know, our our older generation of folks, they're really bad about talking louder to those right. that don't speak I, English <laughs> as their primary language. And I'm and like, I'm probably giving them the death stare as they're doing it. Like, what are you doing? Right, like, right. Maybe, maybe I'm woke or something. I don't know. But right, I've, <laughs> it just drives I've, me I've crazy. actually seen people yelling at deaf people like, I, it it yep. doesn't matter how loud you get. They can't hear you. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, like, I know if somebody's hearing impaired, I just need to look at them while I'm talking to them. Right. Like, well, I, I, I watched that movie with, uh, what, what was that movie, Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. Hear uh, No Evil, hear no e- Yes, evil. that movie's hilarious. But, yeah, that taught yeah. me that. And that, that movie's older than I am. I love so. that movie. That's one of my favorite other movies, so. Yeah, I, I absolutely and try to have patience with everybody and especially with the non-English speakers because we got a lot of them coming in and I know some people won't like that, but get over it. You know, it's just it's not the legal ones. You know, it's the illegal ones. It's mm-hmm. the ones that came in illegally that we don't know who the hell they are. You know, that's that's the only thing I've heard people complaining about. It's not a bunch of people coming in it's not the mass migration it's that we don't know who's coming in and right now that's scary it is really scary because we got a lot of bad shit going on all over the world and not everybody has the best of intentions you know we like to think that they do but not everybody does so we kind of need to watch out for ourselves you know i get it but be nice be patient Mm -hmm. you know because one of the things that we're having difficulties in, in in the United States is finding enough workers. Like I was just telling you at the beginning of this podcast, we got 9 million open jobs and only 6 million people looking, you know? So yeah. that's 3 million open jobs. 3 million open jobs. That's a lot of, that's a lot of jobs, yeah. you know? And we've got to with more coming on the horizon, you know, because the United States fell out of the manufacturing, you know, center of the world, if you will. And now we're not that. And we're trying to build that back up. We're trying to onshore our jobs again. We're kind of trying to bring those manufacturing jobs back. Well, and we have an aging population too as well. That's going to retire. That's another reason why we need, we need immigrants. We need workers. We need people. You and know, then we have, don't you know, be mad. Our younger generations aren't having six to eight kids. So, oh, you know, we're yeah. going to have a gap. We're going to have a gap there with workers as well. So it's just going to get worse. The amount of open jobs compared to those actively. And it's, looking but for it's work. okay. It's okay. Gonna, we need, you know, uh, it, uh, one thing that we need in this economy in, in growing up and uh, a lot of kids coming up nowadays. What we need those kids to be is engineers. Yeah. The United States needs engineers. It's never too late to go back to school. Ashley went back to school when she was 30, you know? So it's never too late. And tech school don't take that long. No. It only takes, what, two, uh, I think an engineer degree. You can get a, a four-year engineer degree at a tech school. You don't have to go to university. You don't have to go to a big, big-name school, you know, any tech school. You can learn to be an engineer, yeah. and we're short engineers. Engineers, yes, they do work with their hands. Sometimes they got to work laborious work. But most of the time, being an engineer is a pretty chill job. And, and, you know, if any young people are listening to this, go to school, 
be an engineer. We are short on engineers. So it's good money. Not only is it good <laughs> money, but it's job security. You know, yeah. think about all the, uh, think about all the automation coming in mm-hmm. to United States manufacturing. Think about all the young people coming up that don't actually want to work the labor jobs that we're still going to need them to work. Yeah. And so many kids nowadays are so tech savvy. Oh yeah. Like it'd be perfect. You know, engineering robots, um, a software engineer, um, robotics engineer, um, uh, utility engineer, city planning, all all kinds of stuff. We need those people. And it, it is, it is a hard job mentally, but you know, you don't have to, you don't have to scoop dirt with a shovel, you know? So be an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Cheech and Chong. You can start off with these strawberries and work your way up to these goddamn bananas. (laughs) Bend and scoop. Bend and scoop. More coffee. I love coffee. Speaking of, speaking of coffee, this, uh, I spent a long time looking for this damn coffee. I went to three different stores looking for coffee. It gave us a great idea mm-hmm. for a business. I'm not going to tell you all what that is because it might be a couple of years before I can do it. Yeah. But Which it, we're out. Like I ground all that remaining of it is enough for. You're kidding me. Is enough for another one of these and a small French press. That's it. So we do have coffee for tomorrow the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh no. Like we'll have to run out today and yeah. get more coffee because if well Walmart. Well, no. I think it was ground at Walmart. The espresso because it was eighteen dollars for the one of the big bags, but I think it was ground. I'm still drinking that bougie coffee, ladies and gentlemen. I can't find a coffee that I actually like. You know. Um, we've still, tried. We're a, looking for coffee suggestions. We've tried a couple coffees, but I I wanted to do some short. One tasted like dirt <laughs> and pine trees. <laughs> it was really acidic. Um, but I wanted to do those short videos for our channel about uh, some coffee reviews and stuff. We wanted to do that stuff. But uh, one of the problems that we have with doing that is our, our camera. Like, we don't have a, a real good camera or a gimbal to, like a handheld gimbal. We don't even have one of those hand, handheld gimbals that we can film stuff. At the the open mic night the other night, we need one of those tripods that held held the phone. That's no, what we've we need. got one. Oh, does that do it? Yeah, the, it, it it will hold oh. our phone and oh. everything, but like, it's huge. Oh. It's a it's a four foot tripod, yeah. you know. So we might. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to like prop it up on something. Oh, to do actually, it. It, it'll go shorter. No, I'm like, sure, but like if we use this at its shortest level, and yeah, then just the cup. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Propped up. Yeah. Like on a, like a box or something. So we've, we've got a lot of ideas. It's just implementing those ideas and trying to get poor people shit to work together, you know, cause we, we have some equipment and it's, it's expensive as equipment. It's just purpose built for what we're doing with it. Like podcast, uh, like, you know, we've only got a 10 foot cord on that camera and there's not a whole lot of, I can't drag the PC around with it. You know, we could put it on a laptop, but then what kind of computing powers laptop got, Yeah. you know? And so there are some things that we got planned out and um, we want to work on, but we're in this for the long haul. So stick with us folks and you, you'll get a good product eventually, you know, yeah. like I, I don't think we're doing too bad, you and, know, and share, like, and subscribe to us. If you don't know how to subscribe, like on YouTube, 
you have to sign in and create an account. And then you just hit that little subscribe, subscribe button, button and then you can hit the bell and it'll send you notifications for when Absolutely. we post a new episode. Absolutely. And I had to learn to do that when I was, um, I got a YouTube premium for us and I had to learn how to do all that stuff because I found a lot of channels that I like to watch and man, there's an, an abundance of documentaries on YouTube and it's crazy awesome. You know, because I obviously we have to pay for the premium now, but everybody can watch that stuff for free. Yeah. You know, you just have to watch it with ads. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really neat that we have that available these days. Yeah. But um, I've got a couple guests coming up. Um, one, we had a very busy weekend. One that I'm really excited about, you know, um, we're going to bring in a local comedian, Dan Rathman. We're going to bring him in on Sunday and do some recording with him. And uh, hopefully, knock on wood, we'll get to record with my brother this afternoon. And uh, we're, we're moving right along. We're only two months into this thing, and we're in it for the long haul. So if we don't, if we're promising you things like short-form videos. We're going to have that eventually, you know. This is only episode, like, I think we're going to put this, this out 12. on Friday. So it's like episode 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Um, Pick a number. <laughs> we've got we've got a long weekend of recording. Uh, we're we're going to do this weekend, but you know, so I'm, don't ask us for anything this weekend because we can't do it. We're too busy. Well, by the time they see this, it's this our weekend's going to be over. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, we have Caleb's birthday dinner tonight. Man, we you know one of those things that we were going to do was we were going to babysit today, and I'm kind of upset. That we're not going to get to babysit. Yeah, you know we're talking about you. You know who we're talking about. You know, I'm very upset that we don't get to babysit. I've been bragged I at work about it. I was looking forward to that. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, go have a baby this Saturday, you know. And and uh, I had a, a couple snacks planned out, a couple movies, movies picked out. I was going to, I was because you got to sit out here, obviously, and work. And so I was going to hang out in the, in the house with the baby and watch some movies, eat some snacks and enjoy my time with, you know, the four year old. And, and well, the, the, yeah, cause Sully, Sully's going to be here today. No, he's no. not. He's going to go to the world of oddities expo in Kansas city today and uh, shout out to them. I wanted to go, but it's right up Sully's gonna, alley. I'm not going to make it cause I don't work all weekend. <laughs> Uh, which is a great thing for me to say. I'm so happy that I get to say I got to work all weekend. I did work. I didn't work yesterday, but I worked all week long. And uh, I, I worked on the podcast yesterday. But uh, I've worked all week long, and I get to work with you on the weekend. And this, this is exciting. I love this job. You know, this is my favorite job in the world. But uh, that's because uh, I'm the boss, you know, the big boss man. Yeah. I and say that we had something exciting happen yesterday. We finally got we our um, copyright certificate. Yeah, for yeah. our logos. We had how long ago did you put that in? Like November, October, October. Yeah. I think it was, it was like October. September and October. Yeah. So we waited for like what was this March? No, yeah. February. Fe what, what February. 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 <laughs> it's February. So couldn't even remember like what the five hell months. month it is. Five months for copyright. We we put in uh, uh, for our copyrights on our logos, and uh, so they are protected. They were protected before, 
Yeah. We didn't actually have to copyright those. They were protected before because... Yeah. Well, we just took an extra layer of protection. Absolutely. We um, So we sent in the paperwork to the copyright office, which was done over the internet. And we had to wait for the snail mail for our certifications and everything. And they said it was just going to be like two weeks. Mm-hmm. It took like five months. So the copyright office is apparently backlogged. Yeah. Well, we also, we, I mean, we did send a lot of images. <laughs> and we sent so. like six of them. So, yeah. and we have more. <laughs> um, but those are, those are the ones that we wanted to use right away. And we're actually not using some of them. Oh, thank you, Ashley. I could just see that flopping out. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd coffee be, grounds everywhere. It would have been funny. <laughs> it would have been a disaster. This thing is like 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, so. Maybe we should insure. Uh, eh, I've thought about it many, <laughs> many times because it's out here in the garage and could get uh, accidents do happen. Yeah. So, well, right. I think I, w- I want to wrap this up for today. Um, I say for today, but we well, I've got a lot of recording to do today. Um, I want to wrap this thing up. Uh, we've we've been talking about the jobs and. Uh, do you want to give some some tips before we bring us to close what to do for your application and might kind of make it better even though we've kind of went over some of that stuff already yeah but. so one of the, the the most important thing is to make sure it's filled out correctly make sure you're capitalizing your first and last name Absolutely. Not everything about, like I, I i understand that that's not a big deal but it, it's more professional it is a big that. deal for the people looking at it it yeah. really is you don't think of it as a big deal but like simple spelling mistakes turn yes. me off like i like you may not be a stupid person but if you're misspelling simple words and i see that i am a stupid person yeah and so like, if i'm like if i can see that that's misspelled and i'm like you know Every once in a while, it's like, oh, they must be a terrible speller. But if you're, if you get an application full of spelling mistakes, I'm not even going to look at it. Well, and if you're uploading a resume, make sure your resume's updated. Um, you don't know how many times I've seen a resume attached to an application, and it's the person's got a different last name, or they have a different address on their resume, right. or um, they've listed jobs on there that aren't on the application. You right. know, um, so that's one of the big things, and then. If you're going to send in a resume, keep it relevant to the job you're yeah. seeking, you know, yeah. and, and, and change like that on your resume. objective on your resume. Shouldn't like, if you're applying for a, you know, a gas station job, you shouldn't put, uh, my objective is to obtain a position at this company as a secretary, you know, right. Cause you're <laughs> like, not going to be a secretary at the gas station, make um, it relevant to the job that you're looking for. And don't, uh, you know, like y- y- you can customize your, your, resume for each job that you're applying for just don't forget to do that because it's very handy you can uh, you don't have to put if you've got you know 20 jobs this year don't write down all of them write down the best ones you know well and so when if you get picked for an interview make sure you're early i'm not talking like an yeah, hour if you're half early an hour. on time if if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late. Yeah. Like, I go by that a lot because I got fired. I get terminated for a job for being late. Yeah. You know, you don't know what parking's going to be like. You don't know what traffic's going to be like. You don't know how long it's going to take you to get into Absolutely. that person to check in for your interview. Absolutely. Um, 
always be early and and at, at the at the at the least it gives them a better uh, uh, a, a better judgment of who you might be yeah when you're coming to play you know like 15 don't show up like an hour and a half early that's kind of ridiculous but yeah because you're you're gonna wait there an 10, hour and a half 10 15 minutes early yeah <laughs> so i always try to be 15 minutes early for everything at least you know and that to me is on time if i'm 15 minutes early or at least yeah. that's on time and then when you start the job you need to get there on time or early to make a good impression i'm just gonna throw that out there because you wouldn't believe the amount of people that start and they're in late. my opinion <laughs> In my opinion, if your job starts at 7 a.m., you should be there ready to work. If it starts at 7 a.m., you should be there ready to work. Ready to work at 6.55. You should be ready to start working at 6.55. You know, you should be waiting to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If if your job starts at, uh, if you got to be there at 7, you know, and that if your job starts at seven, that means your job starts at seven. You're supposed to be there ready to work at seven. So show up 15, 20 minutes early. I always do that way. You don't, that way you're not rushing around and in a hurry or angry, you know, leave your house a few minutes early and kind of just mosey around and saunter in like you own the joint, you know, Hey, it, it works for me. And I've been fired from a job for being, for being late and no, no, I don't I didn't like it so if you're on time you're late if you're uh if you're if you're if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late and with that ladies and gentlemen we'll see you later bye Woo. hour and oh shit an hour and 13 minutes I don't feel like it that's a good one yeah um, so if we wrap this Ashley, I got lost again. You imagine that. <laughs> um, so, any more coffee? <laughs>